Hi, and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. We're delighted that you joined us as we're going to study God's Word. We're taking you on a verse-by-verse journey through the first portion of the book of the Revelation. If you look at some of the past Godcasts or podcasts, you will see and you can learn all about chapter 1, verse by verse, the glorified Jesus. Today we get into chapters 2 and 3, which is this is all about the seven churches. Now these were seven literal churches in the area of modern-day Turkey. They were in a circular form. It was actually a postal route beginning with Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamus, Thyatira, etc. We'll talk about that a little later. In the first chapter, though, we see the glorified Jesus in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, which represented the churches. For the church is supposed to be an organism, not just an organization, but an organism that gives light to Jesus. It points men and women to Jesus. That is our task. The oil in the um, lamps is representative of the Holy Spirit. So we're not just supposed to attract lost people by fleshly means. It has to be something that is done in the power of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So we'll be in chapter two in just a moment. We have two wonderful ladies that are uh, part of our sponsoring team. The first is the Light of Hope Counseling Center, and that is Tina Baublitz. So maybe you're going through, as we call it, a rough patch, or maybe you just need to have someone to talk things out and get some biblical counsel and some wise guidance, call Tina at 410-445-4225-410-245-4225, because I believe that if you do need help, reach out to someone. We don't want you without any help. Also, we have another lady who is a wonderful realtor, So if you need to list your house, you need to buy a house or sell a house. And uh, Kelly has uh, particularly a strong influence in the Carroll County area. That's a beautiful up and coming area, but she can reach just about anywhere. Kelly Shockey, and you can reach her at 443-955-2465, 9552465 so support these ladies let's support one another in the body of Christ what a wonderful idea what a great thing to do we're looking at the um second chapter of revelation verses 1 to 7 and this was a church that had broken the heart of god they had left their first love. They had abandoned their first love. 
The first love, according to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, 15 and 16, they love the Lord and they love the saints. When we stop loving the Lord, we'll also stop loving the body of Christ, the believers. And these are the kind of days that we just really need to love and support one another. We have war and all kinds of things looming around us every single day. And it's just time for the church to stop being so petty about things and to start loving one another as believers. Let me tell you a little bit about the city of Ephesus. It was not your little small town Mayberry. It was second in size to actually the city of Rome. And it was a place that was one of the primary places in what is called modern day Turkey. There were tremendous amounts of uh, growth and business and commerce by the Greeks and the Romans. And it was the Mediterranean's main commerce center. Man, they had paved streets, they had baths, they had all kinds of of shopping and anything you could want there. There's a huge, massive size um, uh, amphitheater there. I think it seats like 25,000 people. So it was a place of plays and entertainment and the fine arts. There was a temple to um, Hadrian that was built in 138 AD. And as I shared with you, it was one of the most important trade centers. It was right on the Aegean Sea. Now, the a river that led out to the Aegean Sea has been clogged up by silt. And so it's no longer really like a powerful port city. It was the government seat. And as I said, second only in size to Rome. The city and the temple was destroyed by the Goths in 263. The temple of Artemis, or also Diana, was there, but is now in ruins. If you read Acts, the 19th chapter, that's when Paul went and preached the gospel in the city. They were worshiping this goddess um, Diana, and when Paul got done reaching so many people for Christ, the people were getting rid of their idols and burning their books and all. And it had an economic effect in the city, so much so that they wanted to take Paul's life. So here, there's just a lot of powerful things about this city. The city also, many believe that Mary, the mother of Jesus, lived there as John, the beloved, was one of the pastors there. And remember at the cross, Jesus told John, please take care of your mother. And he was actually referring to Mary. So many people believe that that is the place that she was buried. Others think it was in Jerusalem. I do not know. Very wealthy city as I said, very cultural city. But these things, our wealth and our culture many times can take us away from being close to Jesus. 
Remember Demas in the Bible. It says, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. A couple of the pastors that you might have heard of, Timothy pastored there, of course, John did, and another individual called Tychicus. Their first love, that's what happened. The wealth and all that began to draw their hearts away from their love for Jesus. And so as we get to chapter 2, let me bring you right to the text of chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. Unto the angel, that is the pastor of the church, a jealous, the messenger, not an angel that was hovering over the church, of the church. And the church, the word is ecclesia, the called out assembly of Ephesus. The word Ephesus means desirable. He said, write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars, chapter one and verse 20, identified them as the pastors. He holds the seven stars. The word hold is kratos in the Greek. It means holds with great authority. The way that Jesus holds us in his hand in John 10 and verse 28, he said, no man's able to pluck us out of his hand. So here, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, hand of authority, and he walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Imagine today if Jesus walked up and down the pews, up and down the aisles of our average churches. Would he be welcome there? Would he be pleased with what is going on? I don't know. You'd have to ask yourself that. Sometimes I have visited churches and I've just felt uncomfortable. I felt like I was going to a morgue with a steeple. But here he sees this wonderful Jesus. And it says he is the one that walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. In all the chapters that deal with the churches, you'll see primarily the Christ of the church described in the first few verses. Then in verse two, there's a commendation. Whenever the Lord is going to correct us, he starts by something positive and he says, I know thy works and thy labor. So he's saying, you know, I know you're a very busy church. I know you're very active. And many churches are very busy and very active, but that doesn't mean that we're doing the anointed work of the Holy Spirit. We're just busy having yard sales and bake sales and whatever we can do. But he says, I know your works and your labor. Labor's kapos, which means you labor to the point of exhaustion. And thy patience, the word patience means they remained under tremendous pressures and persecutions. And it says, how thou canst not bear them which are evil and hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, hast found them liars. So here is a church that did have the right motives. Here is a church that was very active. Here was a church that aggressively fought against evil. And so Jesus does commend them for that. 
verse 3, more of the commendation where he says, and you have borne, that has the idea of endurance, that has the idea of you have borne under persecution. Do you realize today there's a minimal amount of Christians that are in the land of Turkey and Around this time, there were several historical events where several different um, wicked leaders um, had a, a genocide against the Christians in that particular city. We need to just pray for believers all around the world. It says, and you have borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored. Their motives were right. Their heart was right. And it says you haven't fainted. You haven't given up. And maybe you've been like that. I know precious saints who have served in churches for 10, 20, 30, 40, and more years. God commends you for those things. But as we listen into the fourth verse, there's kind of a a criticism, but not being critical, a caring kind of criticism. And he says, nevertheless... I have somewhat against thee. If you love someone and something's not right in the relationship and you really love one another, then you'll go to them and say, you know, I love this about you. I love that about you. But this just isn't right. And he says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Something's wrong with our relationship because thou hast left thy first love. So he's saying to this church, look, you do all these wonderful things. You're just really so good at, quote, doing church. But something's wrong in your heart. Maybe you're doing that. Maybe you still attend church. Maybe you still serve faithfully. Maybe you're in the choir or you're a deacon or you serve in so many ways, but you've kind of lost heart. You were doing it originally just out of your love for Jesus, and now you're doing it out of obligation. So he says, you've left your first love. Thy first love thou hast left. So they stopped loving Christ as much as they did before, and also the Christians there. We as believers should never let those two flames go out, the love for Jesus and the love for his saints. Listen in verse 5 where he tells us to contemplate something. Remember. See, God gave you a mind so that you could remember good events and even some bad events. But he says, remember, therefore, from whence thou hast fallen. Where was it where there was this shift from really loving Jesus to things cooled off? Was it your love for the world or your love for someone else or your love for money or anything? That's why the word says, stop loving the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So he says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and do the first works. If you've ever been in love, you remember what it's like in the beginning. He held your door. He pulled your seat out for you. There was nothing that that individual wouldn't do for you, but maybe now it's like you see in a restaurant sometime, there's a couple sitting across from one another 
and the entire time they're spending time on their phones talking to another individual. But the Lord said he wanted them to remember and he wanted them to return and do the first works or else he said, I will remove your candlestick, remove that light of testimony. The candlestick was the actual church out of his place, not their place, but his place because Christ is the one that is the one that said, I will build my church. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him, except thou repent. And repentance is something you can do. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. And all you need to do, if you've been living wrong and doing wrong and acting wrong, and you know what it is, the Holy Spirit's bringing your mind, change your mind, change your will, change your direction and do a U-turn. It says, but this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Obviously in the church, there was one of the deacons named was Nicholas. And the word Nicolaitans carries the idea of Nico means to conquer. And Laetans is the people. And some believe that this was the beginning of a clergy kind of hierarchy instead of being servants and servant leaders, they were high-handedly ruling over the people. We saw that as in church history that it just got worse. It says, which I also hate. And so in verse 7, it says there's, there's an invitation with a promise. He that hath an ear, let him hear. If right now this message is getting through to you, the Holy Spirit's using the word of God and saying to you as a Christian, Turn back to me. Turn back to the Lord. Fall in love with him again. Start doing what you did originally to show him how much you loved him. He says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Not just what some preacher says, not some form of theology, but what is the Holy Spirit telling you? To him that overcometh, overcoming our flesh, overcoming our way. He says, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God? You lost your joy. You lost what it seemed, what, what seemed like paradise. And now you're living a miserable life being a Christian. God wants to show you that this passage of scripture, remember, repent and return and do the first works. And you'll find that that joy of your relationship with Jesus will continue. If you're listening and you don't know Christ, would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Lord, I realize that I'm a sinner. Pray it with me. And I realize I need you as my Savior. I repent. I receive you. Come into my life now in Jesus' name. This is Pastor Earl for Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. You can contact us with prayer or any needs at um, Charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N-1234 at gmail.com. God bless you. We love you.